0: A reading from Luke 10, 1-4. After this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road.
1: So, I wrote down three things here that I want to uh, cover. And I, I, uh, David, you and I have, I have not done this solo together, um, uh, but I may kind of uh, be asking questions, which I, I think a lot of people that listen to uh, come away with questions. And mm-hmm. one of the things, that, one of the lines I thought was really important for us to talk about is the harvest. Is plentiful, but the workers are few. Uh, That's something I had studied a long time ago in a Trideus weekend. That was the theme. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember too much about, but I I hung on to that. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So, asking you as as somebody that's uh, in the pulpit and uh, you know operates from the position of the church, why are the workers few? And who are the workers?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I guess the first response would be, this is not the only time this phrase appears in the synoptic gospels, uh, that is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew, Jesus is talking to the disciples in Matthew 9. He says to the disciples the same thing. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. And when Jesus is talking to the disciples in this context, he's talking about the kingdom of God, which is the main theme of all of his preaching and teaching. And he's reminding them that he's not the only one involved in this kingdom of God, but there are others, uh, his disciples. And not only the 12, but we see right here, there's 72 others that Jesus appoints. And so these are the laborers in the field. But what's interesting about it is, you know, he presents the earth and all the people as this huge harvest and it's ready to be reaped. It's ready to be brought in. In other words, he's saying that people are ready to become part of my kingdom. This harvest is plentiful, but there's not too many Harvesters or disciples, and what that would be in the in modern context would be members of the church, uh, people like you and me, Eric.
1: Well, I I, um, I don't want to uh, bring this into a me thing, but uh, over the last three years, especially, so I've been engaged in daily reading from 1991 uh, through today, and it's changed my life, uh, but. I keep on coming back to, okay, I have a mission. It's very well-defined. It's coming not from, in my case, it's coming not from the pulpit so much as it's coming from the pews. And I look around to see if other people are the same way. And, and sometimes it's just church work and stuff like that. But I, I do think that God has an awesome an awesome um, purpose for each one of us. Mm -hmm. When I say awesome, bigger than we would imagine, more important than we would imagine. Uh, We don't want to pretend that we're really the right people. uh, But we feel very, once you feel that there's a mission, and in my case, it is this very thing we're doing right here, which I think is an articulation of that mission. it comes out of the church itself. It grows out of the church, but mostly it grows out of a desire to know the word of God and mm-hmm. all the things it's saying. So in this case, there's uh, the whole question of, which you answered to a certain extent. Okay, who are the workers? Why are they important? And why are there so few of them? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, I, I, I just in the modern church, but I think this is over the whole time of the church—the last two thousand years. This has been a problem mm. of the church that that the people sort of st- stand back and say, "I'm a good person. I go to church," but they don't see God's purpose in their lives, uh, mm-hmm. God's mission for them, as mm-hmm. Jonah. Was given a mission. He didn't want to get, take the mission, and it's very common. He didn't want to take the mission because it was going to be, uh, it's going to be, a it's going to be fraught with trouble.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are a lot of Jonah's out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he eventually goes reluctantly, and, and and we may even have a, a Jonah passage that we talk about. Uh, uh, not not the direct passage, but as a result of a passage. But anyway. So I have come to the conclusion at this time in my life that I am working within a mission that was always meant for me. Uh, It's not an egotistical comment. It's just a fact of life for me at this point. Mm -hmm. It's nothing more than that. It's a fact of life. And I try to judge my own life and how I am operating in this life um, at the highest, at Jesus's standards for me hmm uh and that's so hard for most of us because we we kind of okay well, he's the Son of God, I'm not, and that's true mm-hmm. but i I think that I think that when he's sending these disciples out the seventy two he's very and we'll get to that uh in another day uh he has very specific instructions, and the question is going to be why these instructions rather than others
0: mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, of uh, two men that lived on mission, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Blues Brothers, uh, Eric, but they always repeat to one another, uh, we're on a mission from God, right? They're on this mission to save this orphanage that they were raised in. And they're so um, called to this mission that it motivates them to do all kinds of things to save this orphanage. And it's a a hilarious movie, but also these men, they had a clear purpose. And we as Christians do too. And I think you're onto something. A lot of us miss out on that clear mission that God's called us to.